My mother was pregnant with the sixth child, and I was the oldest, and I was six years old. My father was killed in a logging accident. Welcome to SpeakBravely.com's podcast series, where individuals courageously share their stories of hardship and suffering and the steps they've taken to climb out of some very dark places. guest is Carolyn Ayers. She's an artist, a musician, a writer, and she was an elementary school teacher for 34 years. She loves spending time with her friends, and she is always up for an adventure. But her life wasn't always this way. When you hear about her childhood and what she's been through, you won't be able to help but be inspired by who she is today. Carolyn, welcome. We are so happy to have you here today. I'm really glad to be here. Do you want to start by just giving us a little background? Sure. And the purpose for me telling you some of the struggles that I went through as a child is that it might be helpful for others to find out what I did to move through that to the joy of my life now. Absolutely. So, you know, children, they just accept the world the way it is. And my world was really great up until I was six years old. My grandmother paid for my piano lessons and we had our little family. What I didn't realize was my mother was somewhere on the autistic spectrum. And so she struggled with about every aspect of her life. She married my dad, who was 13 years older than her and a logger when she was 23. When I was five, my dad moved us all up into the mountains where he could be closer to his logging operation. We lived in a cabin that had no running water or electricity for quite a while and then finally moved to a cabin that had outdoor plumbing, but otherwise we did have electricity and running water. During those years, a tragedy followed. My mother was pregnant with the sixth child And I was the oldest, and I was six years old. My father was killed in a logging accident. We moved back to the small town where I'd been born, and two months after my father was killed, my little sister was born. My mom was in deep, deep depression. My aunt and uncle and grandma that lived on a farm helped us out. My uncle built us a little house, and we had a one-acre plot. We had no car. We lived about a mile out of town, and the only way we could survive was to go on to welfare. And then if I remember right, you had something very tragic happen to you at that point in your life. Yes. My youngest sister, when she was about two years old, died in a fire accident. And it devastated my aunt and uncle and grandma and all of us. It was one more problem in our lives. Just a series of tragedies, one after another. 
Yes, and as the oldest child, I never cried about my father's death because my mom cried all the time. And she was dysfunctional. She couldn't get meals together. She couldn't get the diapers changed on the younger children. I stepped up and started doing the best I could as young as I was to help take care of my younger brothers and sisters. Well, you were becoming basically a parent at a very young age. And I know that that is something that happens. Um, it, it happened quite a bit during COVID, actually, that a lot of older siblings had to step up and take care of younger siblings. So I know that this is something that others can relate to. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad you're sharing this. So go on. Yes. And so I felt I needed to be strong. There was no choice. But the problem with being strong is that I didn't go to my mother when I needed to talk or when I was lonely or if I needed to cry. I just held it all in and went day to day doing what I needed to do. And as a child, I don't think I thought about anything different. This is what needed to be done. My younger brothers and sisters would say, Carolyn, I'm hungry. And I'd go see if I can find them something to eat. And so you just went on like this growing up, and then you got to where you were ready to go into high school. And what happened during that time? Well, for one thing, I felt like I had to be perfect in order to be loved. I needed to be perfect. I studied hard and got very good grades for myself because my mom was too lost in her own world. And I don't blame her for how she was, but when I was that age, I did, because I didn't know better. I was embarrassed that we lived on welfare, and I started making up my mind that I had to go to college. I didn't get help from the teachers and administrators at my small little high school. I think they thought a welfare child would not be going to college. Oh, wow. Boy, that's a, an interesting thing to think about. We need to be careful about assumptions. I know. And so on my own, I wrote letters, was able to get a scholarship, go to college, work my way through college, some of the hardest years of my life, and I graduated and became a teacher, which was a great joy for me. The problem was that I hadn't left all of my ghosts and all of the ways that I'd been trapped in my anger and my not knowing how to be free of things that had happened in my childhood, like sexual abuse and being bullied by a neighbor girl for three years. Okay, so let me just stop there for a second. So along with everything else that was happening in your life, there was some sexual abuse and some bullying that you also endured. And I don't know that you want to talk about that. But just so that our listeners know, listeners who have been through the same thing, that you also share that experience. Yes. And I share it openly because people sometimes think they should be embarrassed, but it's just what my life was. And I wanted to be free of that anger and upsetness. I didn't know who I was. And as a child, didn't speak up for myself. I kept trying to fit in so I'd be loved. People said the worst thing they could say about me growing up as they watched our family was there was extreme neglect. 
and I suppose that was better than being beaten, but neglect can take a real toll on a person's self-esteem. When I first started to come out of my depression about my childhood was when I left the church I'd been raised in. I'm not saying that other people need to leave their church, but for me, it was a beginning of a freedom that helped me to find ways out of the repression that I'd grown up with. I began reading books that I didn't know even existed, and these books started to show me the way out. Through these books, I learned that being a victim, no matter how horrible your life might have been, holds no power. You can't move forward. So letting go of being a victim and beginning to take responsibility for everything in my life began the change for me. Through that, I was able to begin to forgive. And without forgiveness, a person really can't move forward. Wow, I just want to stop here for a second and kind of take in what you've said, because it really is so profound. This idea of not seeing yourself as a victim. And I wonder, could you talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say that I decided I was not any longer going to be a victim? Yes, my eyes got opened through some counseling and through reading. And all at once a light went on. And I saw that if I sat around the rest of my life thinking about my childhood and blaming other people for what had happened to me, I was only living in the past with anger and resentment, and there was no future for me. Nothing good comes from that for you. No. So it's a wonderful feeling to take charge of one's life through responsibility and looking forward to the future and living in the present and not blaming. There's nothing that comes from it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Could you tell us some of the books that you read that led to that awakening? Well, three books stand out in my mind, but I have to say I've read hundreds. (laughs) One of them is a book by Eckhart Tolle, and it's The Power of Now. Oh, yes. That's a great book. Another book is by Michael Singer, called The Untethered Soul. And the third one, many people have heard of this one. It's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Those books are so powerful. Hmm. Another thing that happened for me is I started taking long walks in nature. And through those, I began to connect, actually connect with the trees and the rocks and the streams and feeling a part of something bigger. And it was through that that I came to understand a greater power than just myself. I found an inner voice coming from a place that gave me love. And that inner voice I began listening to. As I listen to you talk here and share your story, I find myself just wanting to ask you, what is it that kept you going? that kept you moving forward, that made you so resilient? And why did you never give up? Well, one of the things that I think is important for all people that want to change is they must begin with a strong desire. And I had a strong desire. I saw what was possible, but I didn't know how to get there. 
And so when I discovered my inner voice, I would ask, what's my next step? And very often, a book would show up or someone would say something. Something would happen in my life and it was my next step out. The next thing to do after listening, I think, is you need courage. You have to be able to make mistakes and your desire has to be stronger than your fear of making mistakes and not doing it right. And now that I look back on my life, I think um, one of them is the business of forgiving. I think it gives a person peace. And I know many of the people listening to this have people that have really caused problems for them. And as long as, I would say, as long as you hang on to that, you can't move forward as well. And asking my inner voice, my higher power, how can I forgive? And then being guided. And having patience, I imagine, as and well. And having patience. To Sometimes wait and it listen. took a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for all that you've shared today. Um, and we are at a point now where we need to bring our interview to a close. But first, I like to end my podcasts by asking my guests to share some form of self-expression, a song, a poem, or some favorite resource that speaks to their survival. Carolyn has a song that she's written that she'd like to sing. It summarizes this whole interview and really speaks to where she is today. I hope you enjoy this special performance of Carolyn Ayers singing her song, Standing in My Own Two Shoes. I'm standing in my own two shoes Doing the things I choose Do I follow the majority? No, 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 I'm my own glorious authority It is my guide In its warm embrace I reside But it wasn't always Not always That way In my younger years I never knew Where I stood Looking to others Trying to be good Trying to please Always following along Hoping to God I didn't do something wrong But now I'm I'm free because I'm standing in my own two shoes, doing the things I choose. Do I follow the mind? 
somebody somewhere will see themselves in your story and find the strength to keep going and thanks to our listeners your interest and support means everything if you have a survival story to share we'd love to hear from you just visit our website speakbravely.com and submit an interview request we also welcome videos written narratives and spoken word poetry i've linked our website in the notes below until then take care of yourself